You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wingfoot Locks Week 6 edition. Joe Masiri, very ornery on the microphone for you. We got Greg Hoyle standing under a waterfall uh, as he drives in the car. So that is that that hush of wind you hear behind him. He'll be going on mute from time to time. And also, maybe we'll mute him just because uh, we don't like his picks. Uh, and, of course, Chris Portente, always posing. You can look at his beautiful mug right there. Check it out. So we had another solid week for you last week in Week 5. We knocked it out of the park with the Wingfoot picks, although the Wingfoot lock, Chris Portente, uh, I, I, I want you to say why, make your case on why we're going to use the term lock again today, given the fact that the Wingfoot lock has been anything but this season. Go ahead. We're going to use the lock because that's our brand, the Wingfoot lock, and we went crazy, crazy high percentage on the podcast last week. So even if you lost a lock and hit all the other games, we're doing all right. Yeah, and that's the one that we push out there. We advertise all over the place. So you got to tell your buddies if you're uh, listening to this to make sure that they listen to the whole podcast and don't just try and cherry pick because that's what happens when you try and cherry pick. All right, with that being said, we like to get right to the games. So we will start uh, with Jacksonville as they host the New Orleans Saints this week. Now, Greg, you like the Jacksonville Jaguars in this one. They come uh, in as the home dogs, getting uh, excuse me, giving a point in this one. Why do you like Jacksonville and, and uh, the mustache in this one? Yeah, so I uh, like the favorite in this game because I can't tell you why they're the favorite, right? Can anyone logically tell me why? New Orleans is getting a point going to Jacksonville. There's no massive home field advantage or anything like that. Uh, and you would have, you know, I, I hope it's not public money that's that's uh, moving the line to uh, Minshew madness. Um, and, but I've, I've been looking at it at the beginning of the week. That's not early public money. Um, so I don't think it's going to push it up to three or anything. So I have it right now at money line. Uh, I take it at minus one. Uh, they're, they're playing decent football, uh, and New Orleans has been playing way above where I would expect them to be. Uh, but I, I'm kind of thinking some of that Teddy Bridgewater uh, performance last week, everyone throws that way against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I mean, legitimately, I, I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you again. It was, what, Tampa Week 2 was the last time they didn't let up 30, 40 points. So, Chris... You have no no strong feeling in this one. You got lean or like either way. Uh, well, I agree with Greg a little bit on that. Uh, the line is wrong, fishy angle, which we went to went through in depth last week. Didn't work for us, but we went through in depth. <laughs> uh, but, the other, but the other thing is, just remember, uh, uh, one of the reasons I picked the uh, Saints last week and hit one of my main games on the podcast was that October winning record that the Saints have. They were 13 and one. Uh, excuse me. They were 12 and one going into last week in October games, and now they're 13 and one in October games. So that's a strong, strong number. I didn't like to go against last week. It's going to be tough to go against this week. But on the road, 
Uh, Bridgewater playing a little over his head, like Greg said. And the line's a little fishy. I'm personally staying away. Uh, yeah, so a couple of interesting notes about this Andrew, game. Yes, Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew uh, is apparently uh, was on the injury report earlier this week. I think he's off. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He's back on Thursday's edition, limited participant in practice on Thursday, dealing with a groin issue that he suffered in practice. And then the other thing from this week is Jalen Ramsey is believed to be coming back for the team. He hasn't played in a couple weeks for them, uh, and that could bolster the defense. Look, I, this feels like a game to me that that Jaguars defense is going to get up for. Uh, I know last week Greg was knocking Teddy Bridgewater, and then he went out and threw four touchdowns, but I think that's going to be the aberration. Uh, and I think this week he comes back down to earth. And honestly, the the Saints have been playing close games throughout. If they can go into Jacksonville and get this win and go 4-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, I think we got to pick them as the Super Bowl favorites, uh, at least out of the NFC, when Drew Brees comes back. But this is a big one. Jacksonville playing for their you know early playoff lives here. Um, I think you're going to get the best effort from the Jags in this one. It's just a matter of whether or not um, they can get over the hump against a New Orleans team that has looked really good throughout this season, regardless of, of who's been under center, if we're being honest there. So uh, I, I'm passing on this one too, um, but I'm, I'm going to be watching this one closely, and I agree with you, Greg, that line is fishy, and sometimes those fishy lines uh, tend up going into uh going in your favor yeah reel it in unless it's the miami dolphins then throw it back all right with that we'll move on to the next game here the carolina panthers minus two as they head to tampa bay to take on the buccaneers uh, another division game here for tampa bay uh who's coming off that loss to new orleans so greg you uh, are getting on the kyle allen bandwagon in this one huh yeah do you have me okay can you hear me all right loud and clear all right, beautiful. So, you know, let's rewind back to, to week two where Cam Newton was obviously um, a shell of himself. Uh, Mike Tampa in that game, they had the opportunity to, um, you know, go ahead there at the end with Christian McCaffrey, and that was with Cam Newton doing nothing. So, uh, you know, the last three weeks, they picked up W's each week. Um, I know it didn't work last week, and it's not something I just want to play blind. I think Carolina is playing better, so that's a big part of this. But Tampa is also on the road, third straight time. Um, you know, they're playing a little bit better, but their defense is still shaky. Um, so I like Carolina to be able to score. And quite frankly, if they had above average quarterback play when they played in week two, the outcome would have been a little different there. So I just think there's too much of a flip-flop there with the line under three, two, two and a half. Great. Get it before it goes to three. So are you saying that Kyle Allen is an above-average quarterback? He's been playing at average or above, which would have won in week two. Cam Newton was playing well below average in week two, which is why they lost that game. I'm not saying he's a world beater, uh, but he's, he's certainly – I mean, between week 17 last year and then the three wins so far this year, I mean, he's done nothing to show that, he, you know, he's not playing average or slightly above. Okay, so let's look at this. The game uh, last week, obviously, they put up 34 points against the Jaguars. That was a, a heavy lift by Christian McCaffrey in that one. The week before, they beat the Texans 16-10. to And then uh, the Cardinals is his other start where they went to Arizona and won that one 38-20. to 
So, um, you know, I, I don't know where to stand on the Jaguars' defense. I still think they're a good defense, and I don't know what uh, happened last week. They wouldn't have. Uh, they obviously didn't look like it last week. So, Chris, where are you right now on, on Kyle Allen and these uh, Carolina Panthers? Uh, I'm staying away from this game. I hate to be uh, boring again on a second picture. I'm staying away from the game, but what I can tell you is in that game uh, last year and three games he played this year, that kid is 4-0 against the Spreads. So you're going with the 4-0 again. So he's never going to lose against the spread. And then I, I've said that I'm staying away from the game. But if, if you want the nugget or the corn on the cob, kernel or whatever it is you need from me right now, he's 4-0 against the spread. So I'm just – I hear you. If you need something. That's what I'm giving you. Listen, I, I think this is an interesting game here. Um, I think that Bruce Arians uh, is is trying to get through to Jameis Winston. I, I think that nobody is giving New Orleans' defense credit for what it's been able to do so far this season. And uh, obviously they managed to turn Jameis Winston over a little bit last week. And he's had that up and down season so far. I, I still don't have any faith in him. Um, but they just look so... Uh, dominant over Carolina in that uh, Thursday night game that I don't know if I can say this is going to be a complete 180 and go and hop on uh, Carolina's bandwagon in this one. However, I will also add the fact that Carolina and Christian McCaffrey, I'm sure you guys have seen this stat going around, McCaffrey has more total yards this season than the New York Jets. One player more total yards than the New York Jets. Uh, so I'll leave it with that one. I'm going to stay away from this game as well. Uh, don't like a road dog, especially in a division game. So, um, Greg, you're on that Kyle Allen bandwagon all by yourself. All right, speaking of those hapless New York Jets, they play host to the Dallas Cowboys this week, come in at seven-and-a-half-point dogs. The story in this one, the return of Sam Darnold, and the Cowboys obviously coming off that ridiculous stinker against the Green Bay Packers, which may or may not have been the uh, um, <clears throat> wing foot lock of the week last week. So, Greg, you like the <laughs> Cowboys in this one. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're go- going back back to the well with Dallas here, although I know you were, uh, were off them last week. So why do you like the Cowboys in this one? Yeah, well, let's, let's continue to look in the rear view for a minute. That game wasn't even a game 31-3 to last week of a team that the Eagles took care of handily. Uh, at Green Bay, so I, th- I think there might be a little bit of an issue uh, with Dallas against some of the better teams, but let's give one thing straight. They just had an embarrassing performance. They're going to want to come out and look good, um, and the Jets are not a good NFL football team. You know, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd lump them down with your, you know, maybe not so far as your Washington Redskins and your Miami Dolphins, but a slight step up. And, and really, you know, what? why is five weeks off going to be a good sign or four weeks off going to be a good thing for Darnold stepping back in uh, and jumping back in? Is he going to make a, you know, a 15-point difference uh, from Falk? I, I really don't think so. So I think you have Dallas with something to prove. Uh, I know they got the Eagles next week. Uh, that's that's one of those look ahead spots. But I don't think I don't think they can afford to look ahead at this point. They need to pick up the win. Um, seven points is not too many, uh, so I, I like it. Cover the seven, handle their business. It, it really doesn't take all that much of an effort to to do that against the Jets this year. So we're going Dallas. Uh, I don't love doing that, um, but it looks like the right play. Chris. Your unbiased opinion on this one? <laughs> uh, am 
my unbiased opinion is on a few things here. First of all, uh, I don't like it. It opened at nine and went down to seven. Uh, that's a big swing right there. Well, well, to be clear, uh, to, is, wait, wait, to be clear on that line move because I just want to point out we didn't know in the beginning of the week that Sam Darnold was going to be playing quarterback. So Luke Folk was the assumed starter, I think, when the line came out in this one, uh, and then Darnold was cleared. I believe it was was it yesterday, Wednesday? Uh, we're recording here on Thursday. Right. Um, yeah, I understand that. I, I, I don't. I still don't think he's Donald. Like Greg said, five weeks off. Didn't even start lifting weights though like, early this week. Um, and is he, is he worth two points? I don't know. That, I, 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 don't, I didn't like the line move. Also, I think um, this is going to be like the Super Bowl for the Jets. I think the fans are going to be raucous there. I think they're going to be real excited to get Donald back. I think uh, the team is going to be happy to see him. I don't think he's going to be in great condition. I don't think he's going to come out of the world, you know, up to the point before he went out sick. But um, I think they're going to play inspired. Um, I don't like this little bit of a trap game. And I know the Cowboys are uh, got the Eagles last week. And I know Greg said, like he said, um, you know, they can't afford to look ahead. But also, don't think for a second they're not saying themselves, all right, not a big deal. We're three and two. We're going to get right against the Jets, and then we'll go put our heels down against the Eagles. It's just, it's just, you know, human nature. Um, do I think the Cowboys can anyway cough up this game? No, but I think it might be a little closer than most people think. So uh, I'm going to go back to the Christian McCaffrey comment I brought up before. One player has more yards than the Jets so far this season. I think they're in the 700-yard range so far this season. I don't think Sam Darnold is going to be able to turn this around. I even think Coach Adam Gaze, who you think the coach is going to be like, all right, we got our guy back, we're ready to go. No, this week he's talking to the media saying that Darnold is no magic pill. Hey, guys, let's go get him this week. I don't, that doesn't motivate me if, if you're talking to me and I'm on your team there. So the fact that he doesn't seem to have – right, exactly. So uh, he doesn't seem to have that much confidence in the team for this one. It was really alarming to me when you said that. And then I think the other thing to look at here, the Jets have allowed, I think it's 23 sacks this season. 23 sacks. The Cowboys' defensive line is going to be hungry. I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder, especially after allowing four touchdowns to Aaron Jones last week. Uh, I think that they come in here and they destroy the Jets on both sides of the ball because their defense hasn't, the Jets' defense hasn't been very good either. If there was a week for the Jets to come out and show that they were going to make a stand, I thought it was last week against Philadelphia, and they basically were in it for a little while, but the Eagles ran away with it in the second half, and I think it just comes out that it's, it's demoralizing there. I do think that they won't turn the ball over as much in this one with uh, Darnold in there instead of Falk, but I think that it is going to be a, a big game for the Cowboys. We'll call it a get-right game. Greg, I'm with you on this one. Uh, if this line, you know, I might buy it down to 6.5 from the 7.5 it's at right now, but I'll lay, I'll lay the points with the Cowboys, uh, especially this might be something you put in a teaser there, take the Cowboys minus a half, so they just got to win outright, uh, and, I, and I love it. So I'm with you on this one, Greg. I'll roll with the Cowboys for a second straight week. Uh, it might be the death of me. All right, with that, let's go to the Los Angeles Chargers. They are minus 7 as they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Pittsburgh with some serious quarterback issues. I don't know if you saw the video. After Mason Rudolph got knocked unconscious uh, by Earl Thomas against the Ravens last week, there's a video of him saying to the offensive lineman, I'm good, I'm good. And the offensive lineman just makes a face like, "Woo! that guy don't know where he is right now. And honestly, for a little while on the field, uh, things looked pretty bad. So glad to hear that uh, Mason Rudolph was able to walk off the field, I guess, with the assistance of his teammates. But uh, Pittsburgh in a lot of trouble here right now with an undrafted QB getting the start under center. Um, so they head to the West Coast. Greg, you want to lay the seven with the Chargers in this one. Why? For everything I just laid out? <laughs> yep. So uh, Delvin Hodges, right? So let's yeah. let's go back a couple weeks back when Seattle went to the West Coast and we took them getting the seven, right? Because you had the team. They just lost their starting quarterback, but they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. So it was the reverse Adam Gaze situation, right? We've got faith in our team. We're going to bolster up our lineup. And honestly, if it weren't for those five giveaways, I'm not going to call them takeaways because half of the time it was Sam Frank giving the ball away. Um, that game wouldn't have been close. I felt I felt uh, lucky to have covered that spread. So now we have the third-string quarterback and really just look at how the Jets have fared with the third-string quarterback uh, because the Steelers traded away uh, one of their other backups. So now they have this Hodges fellow who I really have no idea who even is. So, you know, if you're saying they're not feeling sorry for themselves, I'm not believing that story. I don't really love Tomlin. Uh, and the Chargers coming off a, a tough a tough uh, loss that I think they're getting a little bit more used to the injuries that they had. Mike Williams getting a little healthy. Uh, Melvin Gordon back and Austin Eckler, um, you know, still doing pretty well, right? So you got the, the skills positions tighten up a little bit. So, you know, I, I think this is an opportunity. We've been dating, I think, as a group, the Chargers pretty much so all year long. Um, and I'm getting it at six and a half, and I, I love it at that amount. And to, you know, to tack that on to what you said, if you want to tease that down with the, the Cowboys there and just take both teams to win, um, you know, that's, that's not a bad play either, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to load up at six and a half. All right. So let's turn to our resident chargers fan, uh, Chris Portente. <laughs> He's been fading the chargers all season. What do you think about LA in this one? And I'll continue to fade them, but not this week. Uh, there's just too much going against Pittsburgh this week to give them any kind of backing. Uh, everything you said on, on point. Everything Greg said on point. And then all this crazy rumors swirling around about Tomlin possibly taking this gig in Washington. And uh, that can't be helping things uh, to begin with also. And, uh, you know, they're just a complete total mess right now. And they've got big problems. As much as I hate to, uh, hate to back the charges, I think they get it done this week. I think there's another good thing uh, here is the fact that the Steelers are coming off a game against the Ravens. And, man, I didn't expect it. Uh, to be as hard-hitting as it was, even though these two teams are still wearing those un the same uniforms. They're very different teams than they've been in years past. But, man, this looked like an old-school Ravens-Steelers game where people were just getting beat up 
And I think that the week after you play a game like that, you're still going to be feeling a little sore. You're still going to be, and now you got to go to the West Coast to take on the Chargers. Yeah, I don't think they want to get on a plane. I wouldn't be surprised if if this one is over early. And let's not forget, I like getting the Chargers in this spot off a loss too, as they put up a, a stinker against uh, Denver, who jumped out to an early hey, lead. Joe, in that real, one. real quick, that's a good point you brought up about the hard hitting game. And while we're on that, real quick. You know what other game last week was really intense and hard hitting? That Carolina Jacksonville game. So you might want to you might want to factor that into the, those plays as well too. If you if you if you if you like that angle on this game, it might play into those other games too. That was a back and forth, uh, decent scoring game. And if you if you took a peek in on that game every now and then, that was a real intense, hard hitting game. So that might factor into those two plays as well. Interesting. I'm unwavering. <laughs> Greg is staying fast with the uh, Jaguars and Panthers in this one. All right, so let's move on to the next one here. I'm with, I'm with you. I think we're all on the, the Chargers here, minus the seven. Um, and I think that's a great point, Greg. Let's take it into tease with the Cowboys there, both teams just to win outright this week. Um, let's jump ahead now to the Los Angeles Rams. They are minus three and a half as they host the San Francisco 49ers. Rams coming off that third. Thursday night loss to Seattle and this was another field goal that goes the other way and all of a sudden they're winners and San Francisco coming off a blowout of the Cleveland Browns on Monday night football uh Chris you are rolling with the Rams in this one say lay the three and a half why do you like LA all right well the Rams if I'm not mistaken opened up at four I like them at four if you can get them at three and a half or even three even better Uh, a couple of things here um, yeah, the Niners blew them out last week. Niners played good, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw uh, a lot of the uh, antics after the game on field and uh, talking in cameras and uh, recording the videos and before and oh and Jimmy G and blah 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 blah. Hey, don't take anything away from a team that's four or four and oh and after the game by all means enjoy it. Uh, but I didn't like that little cocky attitude there. I think they come down to earth this week. I think they're um, they're undefeated. Um, uh, ride is going to end, and I'll tell you why. Uh, since 2017, the 49ers are two and ten versus NFC West teams under Shanahan. Okay, that's not; those aren't good numbers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is their first divisional uh, game this year versus NFC against a West NFC West opponent. So uh, they haven't it seems to be their nemesis when they play divisional rivals. This is the first time this year they're playing a divisional rival. They're coming off this big blowout game where now they're feeling cocky and they're going right into a spot where they haven't fared well. And I think it's going to uh, be bye-bye undefeated. Uh, and on the complete other side of the ball, uh, McVeigh and the Rams, they're 10-3 and versus division opponents during that same exact, exact time, since 2017. So you have the complete two opposite sides of the ball. Uh, opposite sides of the coin right now. You got the Rams, who the general public saying they're not playing up to their up to Paul, not playing up to their talent. Uh, I think they do that right today, right this week. Um, there's talk again about Gurley maybe being injured again and not playing this week. Well, you know what? This has been an ongoing saga with Gurley. I don't think it's going to be a problem. And I just think the Niners are going to uh, they're going to come in a little too uh, cocky in this one. They're coming into a spot where they have not fared well, and I think they're going to walk into a buzzsaw. So, you and know, on top, of that, on top of that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Joe. On top of that, the other thing, too, is in the last seven games, the Rams are six and one against the spread. 
Last seven games, the Rams are six and one against well, the spread. Last seven divisional games. Last seven divisional games, six and one against the spread. Yeah, and that includes uh, Thursday night with the half point cover uh, over over the Seahawks, despite their loss up in Seattle. There, Greg, what's your, what's your take in this one on the Rams? Uh, long rest versus short rest, like that. Um, and just like last week, I don't like uh, golf on the road, but I like him at home. So I, I don't have any, I'm staying away, but I don't disagree with anything going on. So Chris, I, I was liking the Rams before we talked about it here in the podcast, but man, I, there's just the more I think about this, the more I love it. Did you guys, I don't know if you guys watched the Monday night football game uh, against the Browns, but the Browns were actually driving there. They would have made it, I believe, 14-10 before the half. And uh, Antonio Callaway has a short touchdown in his hands drops it, kicks off his foot, the 49ers intercept it, return it to the Browns 40, end up scoring, I think, a touchdown before the half, and that game was over. It's 24-3 instead of uh, 17-14, I believe the situation was. And then the Browns kind of just quit after that. I think you're right. You know, San Francisco, I didn't realize they hadn't played an NFC West game uh, yet this season, but when you look at it even closer, they really haven't played much competition. Sure, if you want to say that Cleveland is a good team, they're coming off that blowout win against the Ravens when they play them on Monday Night Football, but let's not forget the 49ers were coming off a bye week there and had some extra time to prepare, and you're getting them, you're getting the Browns coming off a division game that was a huge game for them that they needed to win over the Ravens, caught them in a good spot there. I think you're getting the Rams here in a bad spot. Greg mentioned it, short rest for the 49ers, long rest for the Rams who have 10 days to recover after that game in Seattle on Thursday night. And I loved what Jared Goff said after that game when he was asked, you know, you guys are 3-2 and two to start the season. You had high expectations. How are you feeling? His response was, I think the Patriots started the season 3-2 and two last year, and things worked out pretty well for them. So they are still feeling confident over there. This, I, I kind of think the 49ers are a little bit of a paper tiger. So this seems like a great spot for the Rams to jump on them there. And, and Chris, I, I am jumping on it. I, w- I wasn't going to touch this one, but at three and a half, I like the Rams at home. And, Greg, you mentioned the golf numbers. This one just seems like a no-brainer to me. It, 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 it's the Rams in this one. I think, they walk, I think the Niners are walking into a bus on this week. Greg, you want to add to that before hey, we move Jack. on? Yeah, Joe, I was just going to mention uh, it has nothing to do with this, this uh, game, but I think you actually just explained – why the Browns are only a short dog against Seattle because of exactly that. If, uh, you know, whatever Callaway or whatever the guy's name coming back from the suspension doesn't kick the ball to the defender's hands and they return that, they go in and make that a four-point game. Instead, it goes up 21-3 to and it just turns out ridiculous. So something that I was wondering is why that other line was so short. You know, that's kind of the analysis that really explains that. So I understand that a little better now. So let's go into that game. And, we, we, you know, we had it. We were going to talk about it. We weren't going to talk about it. But I think I just talked myself into that game, too. Uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, minus one and a half this week at the Cleveland Browns. That's the game that Greg is talking about here. We were all didn't like the line. It's Seattle minus one and a half when you just saw Cleveland on Monday Night Football look terrible in front of the whole world. How the heck are they only a point-and-a-half dog against the Seattle Seahawks who just beat the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night football uh, in front of the whole world? So 
you know, I think that we need to look at this game a little bit because when we talk about our principles, man, this is a great spot right now to take the Cleveland Browns. You Just what I said about Cleveland going to San Francisco last week when they had to play the Rams, uh, excuse me, the Ravens the week before, They had that was their game. They needed to win. They needed to get up for it. It's a division game. The next week they go on the road and lay a stinker. Seattle's in the same situation. Last week they had to play the L.A. Rams, their division rivals. Now they have to go on the road. And we're talking about a West Coast team going east for a 1 o'clock start. We always love to fade that position to begin with. And I'm getting a point and a half here in this one with the Browns, who I don't think were in as bad shape, a shape as everybody thought about thought they were last week. So I, I, this is, And this is one that the public, I think, is going to be all over Seattle. I think this line is going to go in the Browns' favor, so you can probably wait to take them uh, on there. And, and the fact that it opened up, this is, this is a reel it in. This is a, this is a fishy line here, Chris. This is one I want to reel in. You guys want to talk me off of the Browns? Because I think I just talked myself into it. Yeah, I'll try and talk you off the Browns. Okay, give uh, me numbers. You think that the public is um, it's going to be uh, on Seattle? On, on Seattle? Yes. I don't think that way. I think the public is waiting for this quote-unquote real good Cleveland team to break out, and I think they got their their chops wet a little bit when they beat the Ravens. But you know, I think the Ravens are like the Cowboys. I think the Ravens are going to go out and beat these bad teams. And then when they play good teams um, or decent teams that have something to lean on, like the, you know, the Browns can lean on a defense. I think they're going to have trouble. Um, I don't think the, 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 the Browns are that good. I think the Browns have too much going on there. And I said this in the, in the, in the preview podcast we did with the totals. I just don't, I, I think they're going to be like an eight and eight team, maybe a nine and 17 if they, if they catch a break somewhere, but I don't think they're ever going to go on this role and be this dominant Team, they have the talent, they have the stars, but I don't think it's going to take effect this week. And I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are going to go in there and and beat them. So I, I do, I really do. So let me say, I don't think that the Browns are that good of a team either. Uh, however, I think that this is going to be one of the best situations you're going to find them. And I don't think Seattle's that good of a team. I think Seattle's win over at home on a Thursday night game. We know about the advantage that home teams have on Thursday night games, but they should have lost that game. They had uh, the Rams, let's not forget, had a kick to win it from Greg Zerline that was kind of a chip shot, especially when you're talking about Zerline, and he missed it. So what is this line if all of a sudden Seattle loses that game? That's number one. Number two, we always talk about that West Coast team going east. They, I think they have uh, the Ravens next week. I think Seattle has the Ravens. Let me check just to make sure that this isn't a sandwich game here for the Browns. Um, but I think this is just this is just the best spot that you're going to get these Browns in. And then the other thing is, I really, we got to check on this, is the injuries in their secondary. Let's not forget, for the last two games, they've been competitive pretty much without their entire secondary. And uh, they've got a piece of defense. That's what they're going to lean on. That's what I mean. Teams have something to lean on. They can lean on that. They've got a def- decent defense at Browns. Right. And they've been doing it with their entire secondary banged up. The last two weeks, I don't think they had one starter playing in their secondary. So if all of a sudden they get to start they start to get a little bit healthy, then this looks a little bit better. And they just played the Rams when we look at a common opponent. Let's not forget they were driving late with a chance to tie that game. I think it was 20 to 13 uh for Cleveland. They had a chance uh for the Rams, excuse me. Cleveland had a chance to tie that game late in the red zone. Obviously they didn't score, but if they do, all of a sudden that's a different game. Um I, I think this is an interesting spot. Greg, what do you think on this one? 
and Joe, you said all of a sudden they get healthy. That's the question. Are they getting healthy? Are they getting anyone back? Is, is anyone coming back? Um, that, that would be my question. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I think the long rest, short rest, like we have going in this game as well, kind of negates the West to East type of situation. Um, I agree with that. And I, and I don't think that's as, you know, I, I was just on the Cardinals last week, West to East um, in that situation. So I don't think it's an automatic, you know, don't play or do play situation. And I do think it's kind of a short, short rest. Yeah. Uh, just and as far as those injuries are concerned, the yeah the the rest does change things perhaps a little bit there. Denzel Ward. I'm sorry, I just want to simplify this one bit. You give me Russell Wilson versus Baker Mayfield right now, this time of year, right where they both are now. I'm taking Russell Wilson ten out of ten times. Well, I mean, I'm not throw in do- throw in head throw in head coaches as well. Right, agreed. Agreed. Totally agree. Great point, Greg. I'm not going to disagree with either of you guys there. Uh, just to answer the question before, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, two cornerbacks, both questionable uh, to return this week with hamstring injuries. All right, all right. You, you, you. I, I'm going to slow my roll on this. I need to look at it again. I do remember Russell Wilson running for his life against the Rams too. So I gotta, I gotta think that he makes plays happen. You're right when it comes to quarterbacks. There definitely worth a, a closer look. Don't jump on Seattle either way take a second look at that I agree, game before i agree it's, i agree if it, if it if if you're looking for a spot where you can take the the, the browns where you think they might be able to do it it's probably this week uh, but i think the i think the public is is banking on that and i don't think that's happening soon i just don't think they're there yet i will say this i expect seattle to be a very big survivor pool pick this week and i expect a lot of survivor pool fans to be sweating it out uh, late in that one. I think that's going to be very interesting. Wouldn't be uh, surprised if some people go down with the Seahawks this week in the survivor pool. All right, let's move on to the next game. We talked about that one for far too long. The Minnesota Vikings minus three coming off that big win against the Giants. They host the Philadelphia Eagles uh, who are coming off their big win against the Jets last week. Vikings minus three in this one. Uh, Chris, you like the Vikings in this one, and uh, and you want to put a hashtag, I believe, on it. Yeah, I uh, I, uh, I think I love the Vikings in this one. Um, when this uh, when this game game came out, uh, um, I was uh, I, I loved the line when it came out at three, um, and um, these are these are this is pretty much the reasons why. Since 2017, the Vikings are 14 and four straight up. And 13 and five against the spread at home. That's a tough place to play. That's a loud place to play. Um, the Eagles have been playing some good, some good football, but it's always it's always tough when you go into that into that stadium. Um, the Eagles have won and they have covered four straight road games. Okay, um, but uh, now they're back this week. Uh, they're coming back into. Um, Minnesota, and I just think they're, they, they're up against it this week. I think it's time for that. Uh, I don't think they're going to go 5-0 and on the road. Uh, I think that's a real tough thing to do. Um, and the other thing is, this is something that I that I dug up that was pretty glaring to me that I didn't know. Um, Greg is our resident Eagle fan, so I'm curious to see if he knew this. Um, let me know if you, if, if you had an inkling about this, uh, Greg. But in the past 11 games... The Philadelphia Eagles are two and nine against the spread in games that start at one p.m. That that's a glaring fact to me. Greg, you there? 
I'm I'm here. I, I I was I was trying to just not listen to such stats, but uh, <laughs> no, I, you're, I you're on the right side, uh, I, and I totally support the play. I think it's a good it's a good play. I just well, I have the sale birds, and if they do pull off the uh, upset win, Carson Wentz for MVP. <laughs> I think we got a long and, way and, and, to go uh, yet on that. I think for all the uh, for all the the the, the bad mouthing uh, cousins got, and for me myself included, I think he righted the ship a bit last week. Uh, I think Joe hit it on the head last week when he said he was going to uh, you know take care of his boy, his receiver there. Uh, after that, yeah, <laughs> after Adam Thielen with seven catches. Joe was banking on. I don't know if he had the ten catches, but he was pretty close, right? Seven, Se- seven catches for Adam Thielen. I think go. 140 and I, yards and two touchdowns, maybe. And I think confidence. I think confidence goes a long, long way in this league, especially for quarterbacks. There's nothing worse for a quarterback than being to be in your own head and to listen to all the chirping. Um, I think a win always makes everybody feel good. A win makes everybody get right. Uh, I think Cousins got back on the ship a little bit, and I think he at, he goes home this week. Big crowd. I don't see the Eagles going five and zero. I see them going uh, getting a little better than they did last week. And with all those stats I just gave you, I think Minnesota is a big, big, big time play, and I love them laying three. Uh, all right. One of the things I need to know, Greg, because you're in Philly, wh- what's the status on the health of the Eagles? Because we know they've been dealing with injuries, especially on the defensive end, and and some on the offensive end this year. Um, what's what do you what do you, what's the feeling you're getting in Philly? Yeah, so nobody major, and, and, you know, this is where I think that I brought up look ahead earlier on the Cowboys because Deshaun Jackson, uh, Jalen Mills, they're both talking about next week already. So these are people talking about a week seven return. Um, So I think they're going to do what they can. They're getting Sidney Jones back, but it's debatable whether or not that's that big of an increase. I mean, he's been okay. Um, but you know, that's an addition. Skandrick didn't play poorly. He hadn't, I think he had an illness of sorts. Um, so he sat out of a recent practice. Um, so, you know, they're getting a little bit better, but, but again, it looks like a lot of them are targeted to return next week, not this week. All right. So definitely. And also, 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 also are they looking ahead to next week? Big divisional game against yeah. Cowboys next week. That's literally, thanks for listening to the podcast, Chris. That's literally what Greg just said how they're talking about next week against the Cowboys when they haven't played this week against the Vikings yet. Oh, my God. One of these I, days. I thought, he was talk- I thought he was talking about the guys coming back from injury. No, nah, he's, he's, he's in a waterfall. It's all right. It's, hard. it's tough to hear him. Feisty this week. So. <laughs> I know, I know. This is salt- salty Joe this week. Uh, you know, I, I like this one, too. I, I pumped the brakes a little bit on Minnesota um, because – Watching that game, the Giants had a bunch of opportunities in the red zone that they weren't able to capitalize on. And I know some of that is Minnesota's defense stepping up to the plate. I also know that some of that is the ineptitude and lack of a running game for the Giants, who were down to their third-string running back last week. Jordan Howard has been an absolute beast in the red zone for Philadelphia. I loved him when he was with Chicago. Couldn't believe that the Bears got rid of him, but they like Montgomery, I guess, there in their backfield now. Um, and Week, Joe. Also yes. a road game. That's that difference by Minnesota. And that's the big thing that I was gonna say is Minnesota has played really well at home. Um 
and and I don't trust the Eagles yet. Look, that that one game against uh, against Green Bay kind of feels like the outlier to me for the Eagles so far this year. Uh, they lost to um, they lost to Atlanta. They had uh, again that was a game where they were really banged up. That win against the Jets really didn't impress me because it was a little bit closer than that final score. I think led on there um, with the with the Jets kind of turning it over. So. I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth in this one. If I'm playing it, I'm playing the Vikings um, because I think that the Eagles have not been as good as, as public perception is on them right now, where I think the Vikings, the public perception is still a little bit down on them. Uh, so I think I would roll with the Vikings in this one. Otherwise, I'm going to pass on it. But Chris is, is, is putting on the hashtag. Come on. Let's, there it is. Hashtag. He says, lock it up, the wing foot lock of the week on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, wing foot lock. All right, we got one more game before we leave you this week. The Cincinnati Bengals are plus 11 as they head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, that sounded weird. Sorry about that. Um, a division game here. Baltimore hasn't looked good as of late, and Cincinnati hasn't looked good well all, all season. So why do you like the 11 points in this one, Christopher? Okay, well, we know it's not because the red rifle, as we call him, the pink <laughs> water gun. That's not the reason why I like him. But here's the reason why I like it. Uh, so the Bengals are 3-3 three and three against the spread in the last six divisional games, okay? It's 50% against the spread. Not so great, not so bad. But the key stat, 7-3 and three straight up and 7-3 and three against the spread in the last 10 games versus the Ravens. Also, the Ravens, 3-12 and 12 against the spread in the last 15 games when they're favored by 10 or more. And this line opened up at 11. I've seen it in some places at 11 and a half. Also, the Ravens are 0 and 6. 0 and 6 against the spread in the past six home games versus divisional opponents. Those are big numbers. And what, I've, what have I been telling you? When the numbers are so-so, then they're so-so. When the numbers sway heavy in one way, in one direction, they're hard to ignore. And we have not ignored them all year. And, mo- and all these games that I've been giving you where these numbers were really swayed in one direction, they've been, they've been money makers. Um, so I like the Bengals getting the points this week against the Ravens. So with numbers like that, I'm actually surprised that's not the lock of the week this week, Chris. Uh, that, those are huge. Oh, it's, hard. It, it, it's hard to make the pink water gun the lock of the week. It's just really, really hard. I'd much rather go with the team playing in front of the Rockets crowd in Minnesota. Yeah, especially when they're on the road in a division game uh, and coming off a loss to the Arizona Cardinals, one which we were on the right side of, by the way. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, Greg, I want to know what you think on this one before I weigh in, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day. <laughs> so, not sure why I didn't catch it last week, but you just reminded me of a throwback, I think like five, six years ago, Colin Cowherd... Uh, coined him the beige water pistol uh so so i think we, we've got a little variation of that um yeah tough tough to pick them but i think good good data there they showed last week that uh, i have no idea how they even fought back to score those last two touchdowns but they didn't quit so that's a good thing um so when you're looking for a back four <laughs> you, you you want a team that uh that, that can that can open the back door and get in there. I, lo- I love it. So I got on you last week, I think it was last week, about emotions. Uh, and then this week, uh, they didn't quit, so that was a good thing. I really I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, well, wait, 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 when, you're, when you're rooting for a, a team that's uh, you know, getting 11, you need a back-end cover to be in there. You can't just have them lay down. 
Absolutely. And uh, I think that the Ravens um, last week, they're coming off that game against Pittsburgh. And I'm going to go back to what I said about Pittsburgh this week. It is a tough game, man. They were beating each other up. I think that could play this week. They're a little sore. Yeah, they come away with a win, but maybe not by uh, more than 11 against the division rival. I really like this one. And, and those numbers, Chris, those are some serious numbers there. Anytime you put up the O, the O, and it's working in your favor, I, that, that's, hard to, that's hard to go against there. I'll, I'll, just away, I'll just way away from, yes. Yeah, he's doing the deep dives on that one. This is why we do this, this research. This is why we do this podcast. Kids, Granted... The Winkler lock has let us down, but these games that we have broken down, all three of us on the podcast, uh, we've we've given you some money makers. We've given you a ton of money makers. This is a message to the kids out there. That's why you do your homework, children, if you're listening and gambling. It's also also why you also got to follow Wingfoot lock as well as hashtag according to Hoyle. Uh, because that's not letting you down either. Yes, uh, a big week, another big week in college football for according to Hoyle there. Uh, again, picking uh, above 60. Well, are we up to 65% yet on the season, Greg? 63.5%. Uh, oh, so. Go, right. go get Greg. Go get Greg. All right, so one more time to review for you guys listening out there. This week, Greg likes Jacksonville minus one as they play host to the Saints. Carolina minus two as they head on the road to take on Tampa. He's laying a touchdown and a half point with the Cowboys as they take on the Jets at MetLife. And then he is laying seven with the Chargers as they host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris likes the Rams three and a half point favorites against San Francisco. He likes the Bengals plus 11 points at Baltimore and his hashtag wingfoot lock of the week is the Minnesota Vikings minus three as they play host to the Philadelphia Eagles. Those are your picks for this week. We wish you a happy Sunday and enjoy football. For Chris Portente, Greg Hoyle, and Joe Masiri, that's me. Remember, everybody, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Talk to you next week. Next week.